You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. Um, It's Teresa here, and I have a special guest with us, Susie Craig. Susie, do you want to share with our listeners who you are, a little bit about you? Sure. Good to see you, Teresa. My name is Susie Craig. I'm the VP of Workplace Mental Health for Mental Health America, and I live in Connecticut. Just started with MHA on June 5th, so I've been here for a you know hot second. <laughs> but you've been with our affiliate network for a while. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I worked almost eight years with Mental Health Connecticut. Yay. And today's topic, we're talking about menopause and mental health. So let's just dive right in. Let's go. I know this is a topic that you brought up. So do you want to share with audience just why this topic really resonated with you? Sure. Absolutely. I um, I don't know exactly when my menopause symptoms started, which is kind of one of the things I want to talk about has been challenging for me and a lot of other women that I have met over the course of this, but I think it was around 2018, 2019, had to, you know, the classic hot flash kind of night sweat kind of situation. And then I think, you know, the hardest part for me was really not knowing where things were coming from, or if they were a menopause symptom. Some people say there are 32 symptoms related to menopause. Some people say there are 80. And they range everything from, um, you know, sleeplessness to hives to lack of libido to uh, there's a term for it, which I can't remember, but the feeling like you have creepy crawlies on your skin to, <laughs> to, to a lot of mental health. For me, it was a lot of depression and anxiety and it didn't feel like the same cause I have struggled with depression and anxiety on its own, it felt different. A lot of women will talk about just waking up one morning and looking in the mirror and not knowing who they are. Yeah. Like, is that a symptom? That's just feeling completely alien in your body. Yeah. I want to take you back a little bit because I think about so much of mental health education. We talk about puberty and we talk about getting your period and the hormone changes that happen in those early times. Like, I don't know how it was for you, but like, yeah, teenagers, <laughs> so chaotic. Yeah. But if you had to compare like what you might remember, what's your experience like now? Is it different? Is it the same? Is it? Such a- I'm so scared. I'm like, I'm in my <laughs> mid forties and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm talking to Susie. I'm going to mentally prepare for what's coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, you know, I think, Similar experiences as to, you know, who's talking about this and who can you talk to before? Great, you know, great point. Like who, who can you like, there is no preparing because every woman is different. And and my mom never went through menopause. She just stopped her period one day and she had like two hot flashes and she was done. So yeah, I know. (laughs) I mean, but to your question about puberty and the period, like completely different physical feelings, but similar, like being thrown off 
your game as far as like, wait a minute, I knew my body and now I don't know my body and what's happening. And like, I have to communicate with my body and learn what's going on, you know, and then you go to doctors and doctors are like, well, every, every woman's different. I don't know. Shruggy shoulders. Like, like, yeah, I hate that response. That really sucks too, though, because I don't, I, I, as a woman have never heard people and women talk about menopause as tied to that groundedness that we feel in our identity mm. and we talk about identity a lot because it t- it's such like it's it's one of those things that is so tumultuous and it takes a lifetime to feel comfortable in your skin yes and and so t- i don't know tell me more like what does that mean for you like you woke up and you're looking at the mirror and you're like who is this person <laughs> to no. me that also sounds like a depressed episode you know i'm really glad you're going there it's, you know, it's also sometimes there are no words for things because you're experiencing something and like, but that feeling of just not really understanding what's in your body and also not knowing what's next. Like what, uh, if there are 80 symptoms, like what am I in for (laughs) and how long is this going to last? And I'm getting a hysterectomy and I've decided to do that because, um, you know, the, the bleeding was just uncontrollable to the point where I was anemic and, you know, 12 to 14 days out of the month, like I, I, I have to be functioning. Right. But this idea of identity and getting to a place of like feeling solid in who you are is a place where I thought I was, you know, I'm not joking when I say that when I was in my twenties and thirties and I was working in a completely different industry, different place. At one point I kind of looked around and I thought like, where are all the older women? Like, where are they? <laughs> You know, and I don't know if any studies have been done about this, but I wonder if some of the reasons why some women haven't made it to leadership positions is because of health reasons. Like, I don't know. I could be totally off. I mean, there's a lot of women in the workforce, not enough women in leadership positions as far as I'm concerned. But I just feel like women have, by the time we get to our 40s and 50s and 60s and beyond, like we accrue this amazing wisdom. And I want to tap into that wisdom. But if, if women are, you know, hamstrung by their health conditions, and, and I know a lot of women who struggle with menopause and like, they just don't have the energy or in it in them to do more than what they can do in a day, you yeah. know? And I just wonder what we're losing in the, the bucket of wisdom because women are not able to get what they need. Yeah. When you think about your experiences in menopause, like how your brain is functioning, what stands out to you the most about some of the changes you've experienced? Mm. Brain fog, actual memory loss. I have to work harder to make sure that I don't like writing things down. I don't forget things like I'm getting better, but I'm getting to have a great naturopath and great doctors, but I'm getting to a point where I can sleep now. But when I wasn't sleeping, that was affecting everything. I talk a lot about brain fog and cognitive problems and I think COVID helped us all understand a lot about the way the immune system affects our brain and feeling that brain fog is a common symptom in depression and mental health disorders, like even psychosis. Did you have a period where you weren't sure if it was menopause or if it was something else and you were like, especially if you were going through menopause during COVID? I know. 
Well, and there, there are studies coming out now linking to like worsening menopause symptoms related to COVID. I had COVID Mm. three times. Wow. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a link there because my menopause was like accelerated during that time. Bleeding, like pain. I'm like, why am I still going through the motions of having a period when I should be like wrapping this up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if there wasn't a real connection there. So how did you make the, how did you discern or did it not matter? Is that the way you coped? Was you're like, it doesn't matter where it comes from. This is what I'm feeling. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I spent too much time thinking about the source. Just you spend a lot of energy focused on the symptoms because those are the things that are so in your face, you know, getting through the day, making sure that you have energy. So you talked about brain fog. I hear exhaustion. Are there other symptoms that just really stood out to you? You know, there, there, like I said, some people say there's like almost 80 and there's a great Instagram handle that I follow called what the menopause. Uh You just like, if you're curious, they have it like spot on, you know, everything from like, you can be really agitated and angry. Like someone says something to you that like, shouldn't set you off suddenly you're like really pissed off and you don't know why you know and it is interesting and obviously there's a lot of physical things but that is what I find fascinating around the mental health conversation because it is hard to know is this a menopause thing that's going to be sorted out once I address the menopause or am I going down a road where my mental health needs to be addressed I mean either way it needs to be addressed right so Well, that is interesting because we've talked about, you know, the ways that as women and maybe even men haven't thought through this, but how hormone treatment really has an impact on our mental health, right? So if you're, if if you're trying to make sense about maybe that's why my brain goes to like, do you know the source? Because in my history, trying to make sense of my clinical depression and my PMDD meant that I needed both hormone treatment and I needed mental health treatment. And without both, it wasn't taken care of. And hormones are a bitch. Like, I love them because they give us the fullness of life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that agitation that you're talking about is so yeah. real, you know? Right. Yeah. But what, you know, what I found out throughout this process is that estrogen is a protective factor for your entire body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, one of the roots of like why things get so jacked up. Like I went to a podiatrist because I was having plantar fasciitis. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a very painful foot thing. A lot of runners get it. And I'm in excruciating pain. And she's like, how old are you? And at that time I was like 50. She's like, oh yeah, this is, I see a lot of women in their midlife coming in with this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, lack of estrogen, you lose estrogen and you start just losing. Like I I have problems with my back and like I used to have a really strong back and strong bone. Your bones can get really brittle. You can go through like pretty serious osteo. I know you don't go, don't make me go through the list because you will be depressed after this podcast. It's a lot of things, you know, I think one of the, no, now that I'm actually really thinking about it, one of the biggest things for me is this sense of overwhelm right? Mm -hmm. There seems to be just this massive, like, I feel like I'm constantly carrying a weight around with me, whether I am or not. And the stress level for me is usually, you know, at a level 11 all the time. And because, you know, thankfully I work in the mental health (laughs) arena and and I've learned a lot and I have a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. Usually I'm pretty good at stepping aside and, and going like, okay, this needs to be like taken care of. 
with X, Y, or Z, depending on what it is. Yeah. So what started helping? Like, how did you start making sense of everything? How are you doing today? So I practice a lot of yoga. I'm actually a certified yoga teacher and that's essential for me. Mm -hmm. I started journaling, found a great therapist, you know, really that helped me to make sense of like, okay, you know, where is my time and energy being spent and like how, you know, what is it that I need to help address these things? You know, like I said, I have a great naturopath diet changes, um, which I can't say I've fully stuck to, to be honest. (laughs) We often don't. I love my chocolate, my ice cream. But yeah, and honestly, the decision to have the hysterectomy once I realized that like, I literally have to stop the bleeding for me to get my energy back. Oh, wow. Stop eating. Like, I I didn't have a ground floor to start from. Like, when you're constantly like, you know, if you're anemic, like it, it affects like, a lot of your systems, you know, and my adrenals are affected, like everything's affected. So my ground floor, fingers crossed on the other side of the surgery is going to be, you know, once, once I go through the healing process and I'm going to have like a new place to start from. Yeah. I've heard about hormone replacement therapy. Is that something you were exploring at all or? I was on it for about eight months and I will continue to be on estrogen after okay. the surgery. Well, do they give you estrogen and progesterone and testosterone? Do they give you all the things? <laughs> like, what does yeah. what is hormone replacement therapy like? Which it's hormone? A cocktail. Yeah, is it's it? a cocktail. Yeah, it's a cocktail. Yeah. Wait, and I so like if it's a cocktail, were you able to differentiate between the way different hormones made you feel? Like, were you able to, or do they just give it to you all in one bucket? And you're like, oh, do you no, like no, it's it's a t- <laughs> It's a time that, yeah, I progesterone makes me feel like garbage. So I no longer have to take that because I'm basically not going to be cycling, you know, after hysterectomy, right? So like, I'll be on estrogen to keep that production going, but my periods will end and hopefully that will help give my body a break (laughs) to start, start fresh. So fingers crossed. You said progesterone, you don't have to take, but you were taking yeah, HR, I was on HRT for about six to eight months and it wasn't really getting me. Some women could be on that, but it wasn't getting me where I needed to be. So yeah. that hence the hysterectomy. And, but now I can ditch the progesterone and just stay on the estrogen. I hated progesterone. I did IVF and they have to basically pump you up with hormones and force your body to do these things. Yeah. And I, progesterone was really interesting. And this was something with um, birth control too. I found that certain types of birth control, depending on if they were like high dose of certain types of hormones. At one point I felt so angry. I felt like I could, and that out of body experience where you say like, I, I know myself and this is not normal. Right. And so many people. Yeah that that's the first sign that you're like something is wrong because this is not my normal and some and something is wrong i always say that mother nature doesn't always get it right i think we assume mother nature gets things right but like you know i was never i had very difficult time having kids i was never able to i had three miscarriages my periods have always been terrible you know, same thing. I was, I felt terrible on progesterone. Like, I don't think my body was actually designed to function properly. Some women's bodies just aren't designed to do this correctly and healthy, you know, it's just, and so I'm 
I'm excited to give my body a break. <laughs> I think there are more of us that have our, have bodies that don't cooperate. You know, I feel like we're often on social media thinking like, who are these people who have it? Or like your mother, like that's an anomaly. That's gotta be because totally. totally. I'm like, I have PCOS and PMDD and who knows, you know, and it doesn't feel like it cooperates. And I do think that there are a lot of people for whom that that is normal. And maybe that sucks, right? Because then you go to a doctor and it sounds like you went and tried to seek assistance and a doctor was really dismissive and was like, well, that's were they like, well, that's menopause. There you go. Yeah. And then I moved on from that doctor. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I feel like there could be more conversations with women when they're even like 35, late 30s, or like just get the conversation going of like, hey, you know, if you feel off, if you feel this, like, because I think they're finding out that menopause and women start a lot younger than we think, you know, and yes. I would love to see, you know, in, and this is where I think Mental Health America and other organizations can help too, just helping people build the tools and the skills for self-awareness, like just yes. having time with your body, like, okay, this is status quo. Like, this is when I feel really good and like, write it down. What did I do? Right. Or just like, how is my body feeling? Like having those conversations with your body. I don't know that everyone knows to do that. Yeah. So when things are off, you know, it's off. And, and, and that you're not crazy or that you didn't make this no. up or. Right. Right. I also like that we've talked about having the ability to make change, you know, because and we didn't, you didn't necessarily jump right to hormone therapy. It's like you said, the things that made, made a real impact for you where it was yoga and like having a therapist and being able to process through this, because I think that there's probably a grief aspect yeah. to it, a change aspect. And maybe there aren't things that we can fix and just make it right. Right. So part, part of it is like seeing this new change and this new space and yeah wrestling with that <laughs> like, no and no. I, will, I want to embrace this next chapter yeah and i have in a bunch of different ways but i haven't been a fully like wrap my arms around it and say okay you know my, my i have three amazing stepkids they are in the launching phase right i have one who graduated from college one who's in college, one who's in high school. Like we're in a different place now yeah. with life and parenthood. And I, you know, I feel like I'm ready to be in that wise woman. Place. Wise woman mind. Yeah. I love it. Right? You, like, yeah. When you think about what, what is this last step to fully embrace this next chapter? Where, where is this moment? Mm. What's holding you back? And what, and I imagine that's like, what is, what is the suffering that you're feeling now? Is it the physical pain? Is it the periods? Yeah. It's all that it's the exhaustion is a killer. Um, yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting question because I'm hanging my hat on this surgery and then there's healing. And I think there's going to be a time when I need to just intentionally put the focus on me and my health and, you know, in very specific ways. Yeah. So I can rebuild and reconnect with my body. Like, like, who are you now? Who am I now? I want to get back to, you know, I, I used to love boxing and I want to get back to that. And, and I want to get back to some things that I haven't been able to do. I hope that for you so much, you know, you talk about what it means to wrestle with the development of a chronic illness that's life changing. And like, I know that sometimes 
you think about what my life could have been like if things were different. And with these life changes, it's hard. It's hard not like I'm I'm thinking about what you're saying and I'm like, okay, I want to embrace and remember and hold tight to the things that I have now and not take them for granted. And this is where I finally am at now in my mid forties, like being able to practice gratitude, which is funny because if you were listening to me in the gratitude episode, I was in such a deep depression. It was like, screw gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I know I'm not in an episode right now. So this is when I'm listening to you, Susie. I'm like, okay, I got to, my anxiety brain is like, okay, let's, let's anticipate. And, And so much of what we anticipate with menopause or other health conditions is like the solution and the and the health side, the physical health side, but I love that you kind of gave me a heads up about the mental health side, which I feel like is often neglected. Yeah. And again, I've heard from so many women and this was, this was also my experience that like things can come on so slowly, you know, the waking up in the morning and not recognize yourself that came on fast, but some things can just kind of creep in and it is just hard to know, is this just a bad day or this like, going down a bad road. Yeah. You summed up a piece of that transition and developing like a physical change. It's like, is this a bad day? Is this an episode? Is this permanent? When are things going to change? Yeah. So much of the anxiety about it is the anticipation that this is my new normal or what, right? Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, if anything ending my brain is ending in this place where it's like you you know in your life what that feels like to face the unknown Mm. and to to survive or to make the choice that you're gonna stay here and live through it Mm. and so Mm -hmm. if that if that's the decision you have (laughs) then what does that mean about be you know knowing that there's an end point knowing that there's no matter what happens like the journey is part of the experience you know but it's wild. It is wild. I say it out loud and it also sounds crazy because I recognize that 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 probably just sounds like the way that we do mind gymnastics to cope. Yeah. But hell, that is what we're doing because I'm sure if I said tomorrow, like, hey, could you want to take a pill and go back to yourself 10 years ago? You and I would eat that in two seconds. Yeah. Well, you are wise woman. I mean, that's also something I really hear I do think that living with our bodies and learning about them and living through them helps me feel wise. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. And I do think that you are an amazing, beautiful, wise woman mind. Thank you. Thank you. You right back at you. We'll just uh... start with that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I have to say like, one of the biggest things that's gotten me through is I have an amazing support system, mostly women, not all women, but there's a good chunk of them. And, and obviously mostly my age, because we, you know, it's hard to explain what this is like unless you've, you've been there, you know, and even if I'm not talking to my friends every day or like, or, you know, whatever, like they're there, they're checking on me. They're, I know they're there if I need them, you know, that is, I wish that for everyone because you just can't, I have to walk this path on my own and my own body because no one can walk it for me. And also I need to walk beside 
others, even if they haven't gone through what I've gone through for me to feel grounded and supported and connected. And like, I can get up the next day. Suicide ideation is, is, is real in menopause. It really is. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think that being able to acknowledge that, because I know in, in the bouts of flare ups, it's so easy to isolate just stay oh yeah I'm gonna just deal with this by myself or like I don't want to talk to anybody or yeah that space but we often know that having some connection is so critical outside of you know the things that you've mentioned it's like it's isolation does make everything worse so yeah and then if you physically don't feel like getting off the couch like if you know what I mean and and if you also are back to the identity piece, like if you feel not good in your own skin and feel like you're not connected to who you are. And, and, you know, I lost a lot of self-confidence and a lot of, I used to have a lot of bravado and like, you know, walk in the room like this and like (laughs) that just kind of got totally shaken up, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's real easy to go in your hole and just Netflix your night away. But sometimes that's okay. I think everything in doses, right? Of course. Maybe that's the key. It's like, you're going to have hard times. How do we have grace for that? And also know at some point you're like, no, this is not, this isn't it. You're right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I don't know if you have any other final thoughts. No, I think I kind of sprinkled some, some of my, (laughs) I don't know if it's actual advice, but some, some things to think about for women. I just, you know, my heart goes out to you if you, And if you even think like something's just off on your body, like make sure you go talk to someone. And if you don't like the doctor's answer, move on. Yeah. I like it. I love that. I know we should be empowered as people in the health industry to be able to find and get what we need. And typically we know if this is working or not working. So it's like, and if you're on Instagram, follow what the menopause it's like the best Instagram handle. And then also if you are considering a hysterectomy, there's this great online group called hyster sisters. Nice. <laughs> and it, it, yeah. It's, it's like an old school. I don't used to be like a listserv kind of thing, but it is just thousands of women sharing their experiences. And it, it's so much information. It has to be categorized by, you know, specific type of, of experiences. So that's a great, great website. I love it. I'm going to go check it out even though I'm perimenopausal. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I just share with everyone that we hope you all keep on fighting in the open and thank you for being with us today. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share. This is great. Bye everyone. Bye.